0: In this episode, it's not so much scary stories as simply supernatural or scary situations, sights, or sounds sent in by the subscribers. This particular series will cover the accounts in which the authors didn't know why, but for some reason, to this day, they get chills up their spine just thinking about these scary incidents. Sent in by Eric This one summer I got a job working at a convenience store The boss asked me to do night shifts Which I didn't like And this one night it was already like 2am And I was almost finished my shift and cleaning up When suddenly this really weird looking man comes in I ask if I can help him But this guy just stares at me Saying nothing at all The guy's creepy looking too, like really weird, like he's wearing a dirty t-shirt and some old track pants, but he's got on like heavy work boots. I'm starting to freak out because the guy just stands there. Finally, I'm thinking, if this guy doesn't leave, I gotta call the cops. But just then, he suddenly goes to the drink coolers at the back of the store. I keep an eye on him, and it gets weirder, because he just sort of pretends to look for something to drink, but I notice he's constantly looking over his shoulder like he thinks something's behind him. This goes on for like five minutes, and I'm starting to really freak out. And suddenly, he just starts staring out the window behind me. It's like he couldn't even see me. Suddenly he chooses a can of cola, walks up to the counter, I try to keep my cool. 2.50 please and suddenly he pays and leaves, but the whole time he was just looking around. But suddenly he leaves the store and I breathe a sigh of relief. I don't know what it was, but this weirdo creeped me out bad, but at least he was gone. Or so I thought. I got busy finishing the clean up, and had already forgotten about the freaky guy. When I finally locked the door, flipped the close sign and turned off the light. I was just about ready to set the alarm and let myself out but I noticed a dark figure standing outside on the sidewalk. That's when I recognized him as the same creepy weirdo in the boots who'd been in the store before. He was just like standing out there looking around. My heart was beating. I could feel my hands trembling and I was sweating. I was so scared. I didn't know what to do. If I set the alarm and went out, he'd be out there waiting for me. But if I stayed inside, then what? Suddenly I notice weirdo old guy is suddenly staring into the store. I totally freeze. I don't think he could see me as the store was quite dark as I'd already shut off all the lights. So I just froze, hoping he wouldn't look at me. I closed my eyes, hoping it would all go away. And when I opened my eyes, suddenly he wasn't in the window anymore. And that totally freaked me out. After a while, I didn't see him outside. I don't know why, but to this day, just the thought of that freaky guy gives me chills, just to the bone, just thinking about him. And I think that's because a few minutes later, I saw the guy being chased by three other really scary looking guys, and they were wearing t-shirts and jeans, and they tackled him right outside the store window, then one of the guys started stabbing him in the back with some sort of knife or sharp implement. And another guy said something in Spanish, I I think it was Spanish anyway, it sounded like he was really angry. And then suddenly, by coincidence, some police showed up with lights and sirens, and then they got up and ran away. But The creepy boot wearing guy just laid there, and it was freaking me out, because he just said nothing, and stared at the ground, and it was even freakier, suddenly all his clothes turned a shiny red color, but he just stared at the ground. I've seen a lot of weird things working night shift, but I swear to this day, that night freaks me out just thinking about it. In our next reader's submission, Tim tells us about a late night killer and an experience with the dark web i just started college and it was hard because I never had any money. Some of my friends had girlfriends and would take them out but I didn't have any money so I'd always feel down. One night I was home alone because my roommates were all out with their girlfriends so I got bored and I decided to look on the dark web. I didn't know what I'd find so I was surprised to see this pop up box on my screen. It said, Do you want to make $200 for one day of work? Just call this number. I quickly phoned the number because I had no money and needed a job. The person who answered sounded weird and it sounded like they were inside a warehouse. I could hear sounds in the background like machines and tools and people screaming. The guy on the phone said I should go there that very night. I said it was already late but then he said, Hey kid, it's easy money and you got the job if you hurry here so I went to the address he gave me. When I got there, the place was kind of making me nervous because it was in an abandoned meat packing business district so there weren't any people but this big building and I could hear noises inside and sounds of people screaming. I thought about bailing out but suddenly I feel this hand on my shoulder. I almost jumped from fright but it turns out it's the guy that was on the phone and hired me. Hey kid, you can call me killer. You ready to work, kid?" He was a big guy, and had a bald head, and was wearing a t-shirt and jeans, and I could see red blood or something was all over his clothes, so I was even more nervous. Uh, what's my job, sir? It's easy, kid. I'll show you. Inside there was all these assembly lines, and 20 other people were working there, and they all looked around my age, too. These boxes were rolling along a line and then the workers were doing things like taping them up or sticking addresses on them. I thought it was strange because most of them looked about my age, but they all had this weird look like they were drugged or something. See kid, all you needs to do is stand here and when the box gets to you, stamp an address on it and stack it on these boxes beside you. Easy money kid. I was still pretty unsure about this place but I needed a job because I was feeling depressed about having no money. I started doing what they told me but I couldn't shake the feeling something wasn't on the up and up so I asked the girl working beside me what it was like working here. She was taping boxes closed and I guess she couldn't hear me cause she just kind of stared at the boxes while taping them. That's when I noticed something weird because the girl had on some kind of thing on her neck, maybe a computer chip or something. It had a light on it and she didn't seem to care. Then I looked around and I noticed the others also had these computer chips in their necks and some had blood around them where the device was put in their necks. I decided it was best just to keep busy and do a good job because I needed a job and I needed the money but I was really creeped out. A few hours later, I had stamped addresses on like 300 boxes and kept stacking them. When I got curious, about what was in the boxes. So I waited around and pretended to drop a box on the floor. Then I reached down to pick it up and pulled off the tape. If the boss asked, I could say it opened when it fell on the floor. I made sure nobody was looking, and I opened the lid of the box, and to my horror I saw inside the box a small coffin. I was almost ready to run away, but my curiosity was too much, and I reached in and opened the small coffin inside and there was a single rose inside. It didn't make any sense to me, so I thought it was pretty weird, but then I read the note, also inside the toy coffin, and it said simply this, Welcome to the world of AIDS. And I dropped the box, and was just about to run away. But as soon as I turned around, the boss, killer, was standing beside me. Hey, kid, you're doing a great job, kid. You want to make even more money, kid? And as he said that, he held up one of those strange-looking computer chips I'd seen stabbed into everyone's necks. Uh, sure. I gotta get my lunch, but I'll be back. I told him, hoping he didn't notice, the total panic on my face. Yeah, sure, kid. I'll be waiting here for you. I pretended to be cool as I went outside, but once I got to the parking lot, I ran away like I'd never run away in my life. I ran all the way back to the campus, into the dorm room, and locked myself in my room. I was breathing super heavy. Just as I was coming down, I noticed I left my computer on, and it was still on the dark web, and that's when I looked at the monitor and saw a pop-up box, and it read, Hey, kid, I think you forgot something. And then suddenly Keller's face appeared on the screen, but it's like he could see me through my own computer, and he held up a bloody knife and said, Ha ha ha, welcome to the world of AIDS, kid, ha ha. I literally unplugged a computer and never went on the dark web again. I don't know what it was, but to this day, just the thought of that job gives me the creeps. This next reader's submission comes from Kyle, who tries to decide what was more frightening, a short time in a haunted house or a long time in the big house. Well, I can never forget the most frightening moment of my life when I was in the 7th grade and my friends and I decided to check out this allegedly haunted house in our neighborhood. The place had been abandoned for years and our parents always told us we should stay out of there. But we felt like having an adventure. So one night, me and my three friends from school, Brad, Jim, and Jonathan, decided to sneak out and explore the haunted house. It was pretty dark out that night so it was a pretty good thing we brought flashlights. We opened a window and climbed through it and the place was pretty creepy and old. We decided to split up so me and Brad went to explore the first floor and Tim and Jonathan went upstairs. We didn't find much on the first floor, other than some old furniture, spider webs, and a few broken antique dolls. So we decided to go upstairs and see if Tim and Jonathan found any cool stuff. The place was old and run down, and the stairs creaked as we walked up them. At the top of the stairs was a door. We figured they must be in that room. So we slowly open the door and suddenly we see the room is full of candles and some sort of pentagram on the floor. And we can hear the scary chanting coming from somewhere. Suddenly the door shuts behind us and we start freaking out. I turn to Brad, whose eyes were super wide, and I ask, Where are Tim and Jonathan? And he says, I don't know. And that's when we see the other door at the opposite end of the room, and it has all this creepy spray paint on it, saying, Death to those who enter. Maybe they went in there, shouted Brad. And just as he says that, the door opens and it's totally dark, and then our friend Tim's severed head comes rolling out and stops right by our feet. We both freak out and turn to run back down the stairs. But when we turn around, there's our friend Jonathan blocking the door. We freak out because he's wearing a long black cloak and his eyes are just totally white, like they were rolled back in his head or something. And he's just grinning and he says, care to stay a little longer? And It didn't even sound like him. And we freak out and we push our way past him open the door, and run down the stairs, back out the window, and back to my parents' house, and we agreed we'd never speak of what happened that night again. In fact, just the thought of it and what happened in that house, and Tim's head rolling towards us, totally creeped us out, even to this day. In fact, we didn't speak about it even the next morning when the police showed up and arrested us at our home, or during the long hours of police interviews, we didn't speak about it either. I remember they made me and Brad wear these handcuffs and the police kept telling us stuff like, a 13 year old boy, your best friend was just murdered. His head was cut off and the blood is splashed on your shoes and you're not going to help us? You're not even going to tell us a thing? For some reason the thought of his head rolling out of the closet sent chills up my spine, even the next day, so I tried to forget about it. Brad didn't want to talk about it either, and besides, we'd agreed that we'd never talk about it again, and any of the things that we saw that night because it gave us the creeps to think about it. Even a few months later we still didn't want to talk about it, but some lawyers kept asking us to remember it in some trial we attended. At the trial, we saw a door open, and suddenly Jonathan came walking out. At first, we thought he was gonna start a demonic seance again, but he was wearing the same orange jumpsuits that we were wearing. They just kept asking us stuff about, like, why did we stab our friend Tim to death and cut off his head? But Jonathan said he didn't remember it, and I think he forgot about it, because probably the thought of the incident brought chills up his spine, Well, we all refuse to talk about it. Even to this day, 20 years later, we're still in this prison. And I'm pretty sure that was still the scariest moment of my life. (laughs) But probably not as scared as Tim was when we cut his head off.